Welcome, everybody, to episode 17 of The Redo. Uh, we're back after only a two-month break, which could be a new plan of attack for us because we are trying to podcast more because we have nothing else to do. Um, today, we're going to talk about our shared online Zoom karaoke session that we had just yesterday. And we're going to talk about newly woke people um, in these times. Some people are really coming into sort of the light. Uh, we have some thoughts about that. And then I'm going to discuss a little bit about my time in Mexico. I've been in Mexico since the quarantine. Um, and Margo has some questions, I guess. And um, then we're going to launch into Margo's new book club. Because not only do we write, we also read, sort of. Um, yeah. Welcome, Margo. Welcome that back. was a fantastic intro. Yes. Hello, John. I'm happy to be talking to you so soon. Of note, our last podcast was recorded on 420, and we're uh, just about two months after that. Anyway, so yeah, uh, John and I are almost always in different cities. However, we had a shared activity, I think it was just two days ago. We did. Do you want to talk about it? or? Do no, I think you should tell, tell oh, them about Oh, okay. It. So I feel like we mention our friend Lan quite a bit. I mean, she's our, our, our mutual link. Um, so one of her good friends organized an online Zoom karaoke party, which sounds insane, right? You're like, how does this work? But this guy, I was like, his name is DJ Purple. And he, he, he has like managed to work out the technology to have it. Like it's definitely still, I guess, more baby phase. Cause like you, for example, you cannot do a duet with somebody else unless they're like, you know, with you in the same room. So <laughs> As a way to compensate for that, if you want to do a duet, he will sing with you. <laughs> um, so the instructions seem kind of complicated, but he's super patient. Uh, so he'll help each person you know, go through because you need to do on both your computer and your phone. And then there's this one point when he's trying to help somebody. And he goes, oh, you have a Chromebook? <laughs> like I think everyone is Mac centered now. I mean, I am now. So <laughs> that's pretty funny. Um, bonuses like he'll play the sax. Uh, on his end during some stuff he only plays danceable music uh, so that's good and bad and then he also like he'll like he has a smoke machine in his room like and disco ball lights he's got all kinds of stuff going on so like it and so I was like okay this is what we have right now of course like if you're used to like regular in-person karaoke karaoke whatever you're, you'll be very sad but you know considering what's out there it was actually pretty fun. And I think like a lot of what made it fun too was like all the, the elements going on aside from that. And of course that is dependent upon the people you have. Um, yes, yes. So like the organizer asked us to all to make our virtual backgrounds like a funny photo of the birthday girl. So that was pretty good. Some people like made collages, others like rotated out different photos. Like, and this was all on like stealth because everyone's a small square on the screen, which made it funnier. And at the end, John, I think you were gone, but like Mike put up like a video as his background of Land doing karaoke at, from another time. And so like, yeah, there's a group chat going, you have side chats going on your phone. So there's a lot going on. Uh, overall, thumbs up. I was, I was like exhausted though. I mean, you you thought you were going to come on for five minutes and you stayed for all three hours. I left a little early. Um, yes, yes. But, you know, I, I would like to rewind real quick because I think the really important part about this thing is that it's dance karaoke. Yes. And that's something oh. I, I advocate for because <laughs> while I love karaoke, you know, I, if I could just read something from his website. Oh, you have it prepared. I love it. I don't have it prepared. I just looked it up now because I, I've been <laughs> saving this sort of like he has this three paragraph little thing. And what he sort of talks about is that he has a curated list of no slow songs. So don't come with your Celine Dion, you know, don't come with your ballads, which I love. Don't come with your Bette Midler. 
Um, and I think I had the same, you know, as an amateur DJ karaoke person, um, I think that when you have more than like five people in a room, you need to only sing upbeat songs, you know, um, unless you can also have the feeling songs. But for him, you know, this is what he says. He says, you know, it's high energy dance karaoke. And he says, with ordinary karaoke, one single guest picking the wrong, sad, slow song can literally kill your entire party. Each and every one of the thousands of songs in our Dance Karaoke songbook has been carefully curated to be lively and upbeat, designed to get everyone dancing while you sing. And that, I, th I think, is so important because you got to dance while you're singing. You know, I've, I've had karaoke with other groups of people where I, I don't understand what the hell's going on. Everyone just <laughs> sitting around and just like some people looking at their phones and we're not paying attention. I don't want that. You know, True, like you, you have karaoke with me before. I need high energy. I need people paying attention. If you don't want to be there, get the fuck out. No rookies. So what you're saying, no rookies. Um, you can be rookies. I just need you to have upbeat, fun energy. Okay, true, you true. Know, it's not... Can do attitude. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, it's like you said, the people, right? Uh -huh. Obviously, the people of our friends, friends, they're fun. They're entertaining. They do a little dancing. They do a little performing, you know? That's mm -hmm. true. I mean, like, as someone who's been on the other side, too, like, I've been, like, the person who doesn't do anything. And then once you cross over, then you're like, oh, my God, what's the point? That's so boring. Get out of here. What? Why are you here? What do you mean um, you've crossed over? Like, oh, you've been, you've been the like, one on the couch used, doing nothing. Yeah, because I was, I, you know, uh, it's like I was terrified because I yeah, suck yeah. at singing. And then once you cross over, right, then you're like, all right, all right, it's supposed to be bad. It's fine. Um, again, unless you're with people who are in bands and stuff, then like this is unfair. Um, and oh, okay, I will say for especially the format of like the, the grid, it is extra important though to have the people dancing. Like, because otherwise, yeah, you're just staring at each other's faces, right? So it's like you need to have people moving to feel the participation, especially because like you have to all be on mute when the person's singing so it's like how do they know that you're into it how do you guys know because you don't have all the normal you know in-person things so it's like what are the signifiers of like participation having a good time like doing the background like dancing um and i think also it is a cool way the dancing part you're right i haven't really like thought about it as much uh before but like especially for people who don't want to sing for whatever reason like the dancing is one way for you to like really participate in it participate uh -huh. <laughs> I anyway. just need to participate. <laughs> You're um, like, that's all I need. I mean, at the same, same, same time, you know, everything about Zoom karaoke I hate. I think yeah, I, mean, I had a good time sure. this Zoom karaoke, but it eliminates all the parts of karaoke that I enjoy. Which is um, what? Well, the singing, the background singing, the interacting, the picking the song, seeing what people's going to do. There's too much downtime in this, obviously. Oh, yeah, there's a ton of downtime. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have some technical sort of, I mean, not to step on DJ Purple's Corner. Um, but there's easier ways to do it, much mm -hmm. easier ways to do it, you know, uh, way easier. Um, and I think that could have helped. Um, but you know, overall I was very curious about the experience because, you know, we all participated and I don't think necessarily I'd do it for other people, but for, for our friend, the cruise director. Yes. Cruise director. It was, yeah, it was cool. I don't know. I told another friend about it and she was like, Oh, can we do it? And I was like, I guess. Maybe. Yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, this was a special occasion. It was a birthday. Everybody like was pretty much all in. So I think that was key. Um, I was going to say, oh, I think you had left by then. But he said, A, that we were the biggest group he's ever had. So oh. we're like, whoop, whoop. At least for like staying for a long time as opposed to just being on for, you know, a few minutes. Got it. And then B, he actually said we were a really easy group to work with, even though there still was all that downtime. Apparently it's been worse with other groups. So we are like, yeah. We're his favorite, or does he say that to everyone? Is that the new compliment for these days? Says it to everyone. Yeah, yeah. You're the best group I've ever had. Give me more money. We're like, yeah. All right. So yes. 
That was. A, I, I also, do really like. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say quickly, like that also was my first Zoom birthday party. I remember I talked about this last pod. Yeah. I hadn't, hadn't yes. been to one, and I was sad. So like now I, I, mean, I, I have been. If you want to come to my Zoom baby showers, my Zoom pre weddings, <laughs> my Zoom whatever, you feel free to come along. Oh my god, that you sounds know. like too much. Actually, never mind. I'm good. That's why I, I I tend to go on and just turn to black. And then I'm listening, but I'm not watching. You That's know? like the new asshole, right? You're like, you're here, but you're not. You're like, Just anyway, like in real life. Yeah. This is also uh, true. <laughs> but I think, you know, our friend had a suggestion for lip syncing, which I think would really increase the fun because we used to make music videos in college where you're just playing the music and you're making videos essentially oh, you, to the you real could have been You could have been Wang Fu. Is that it? <laughs> yeah, essentially. Yeah, we could have been Wang Fu before Wang Fu. And that's, I mean, that's all we did in college for like two years. And I think the Zoom character would really help if people did that also. You know what I'm mm, saying? That's so a good I idea. I mean, he factor, does, right? right? He does post the lyrics for everyone to click on if you want. Exactly. So I guess that could be exactly a thing. All right, up, up the participation. Like it, love yeah. it. But yeah, I was sad that we couldn't. I couldn't like have a random tambourine, right? Or you can't clap because it's sound interference, and then you have to. Have you have to wait till the person got back on audio, and then you could like go whoop whoop. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of I feel like technical hurdles that I could have solved in about five minutes, but Ooh, I didn't want to step nice. on his shoes. No, I mean he's got um, a good thing going. You yeah, could yeah. offer your services as well. Would you want to do that though three times a week with strangers? No, yes or no? I, I See, don't want to do like it with a my lot friends. Of very involved. Yeah. So I was like, good for him exactly. for that. I would not have the patience. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I would hire him possibly for like a real party. You know what I'm saying? That'd be exciting. If he does a live like sax accompaniment. That's what I'm saying. He's bringing the fog, <laughs> the smoke, the sax. I'm like, in real life, I would, I would hire you for a party. He had a lot of instruments on his wall. So I was like, all right, he's more than just a button pusher. God, this is cool. <laughs> it was a great time. Happy birthday, Lanley. Yes, happy birthday, Lan. Okay. Should we move on to yes. discussion? Let's just let's go for it. Okay. Okay. Um, so, you know, of course we wanted to talk about, uh, I am not in America, but of course I am reading the news about the protests. Um, you are arguably in the thick of it. Maybe you've been protesting, mm-hmm. maybe you haven't. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. So we are talking about Black Lives Matter and related yeah. issues, for sure. race, yeah. like just equity, justice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course we can focus on how we feel about the protests and other things, but uh, we have something hyper-specific that I would like to focus on. Yeah. <laughs> You know, um, and if, you know, there are other podcasts out there with more information. I'm not here to dispense information. Um, I don't know that much, you know. So he- here is what I do know about, you know, Margot, I want to address this topic of the newly woke. Specifically, newly woke Asian Americans or newly woke anyone? A little bit of both. A little bit of both. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, I love, I mean, yeah. What, what is your perspective? Like you're in Mexico, like what's been jumping out at you about this? Well, you know, as much as we sort of, I mean, I don't think either one of us on social media that much, but, you know, of course we're on Facebook, people on Facebook are ostensibly our friends. And I've already done a pretty good job of curating my Facebook list. (laughs) I don't want to see what I want to see, but there are people on Facebook who are now, you know, obviously politically active and people, you know, um, love to sort of say like, oh, I'm not political, right? That's sort of a phrase that people say. Hmm. And it's, you know, they're overlooking obviously the fact that everything's political, but like, oh, I don't, I'm not into politics, but now they're into politics. Mm. Um, and, And one thing I do notice is that for the newly woke, they they tend to like they're the, they're jumping in there you know what i'm saying they're the ones posting reposting arguing uh-huh. in the comments they're, they're out there talking and i'm, I'm specifically <laughs> thinking of like two or three of my friends uh-huh you know um and of course you know we can advocate for anybody coming to their senses getting getting educated you know doing some reading uh <laughs> 
but also I have some gripes. Mm. Do you have this in your life of people who are newly woke? Kind, kind of. Like I feel, okay, I do feel like most of my friends, are, I mean, so sometimes I get irritated about the term woke, but yeah, I think because like, you know, I'm in the Bay Area, like I used to be part of Hyphen Magazine, like I was an Asian American Studies major. So it's like, I feel like a lot of my friends and I um, do like to talk about like critical race theory and just generally even, just, even casual stuff like microaggressions. It sucks that that's casual, but and I, admittedly, like my activity has waxed and waned. And I will admit, you know, like in the past few years, I've been kind of cruising, like cruise mode. However, like my values are the same. So like, I still really care about like anything related to race and, and whatnot. So the newly woke people, I don't have them as much in my sphere, I think, as some of my other friends, like they are also experiencing. Congratulations. Thank you. I mean, we'll talk about, I mean, talking to. <laughs> And my, my own relationship is like a totally other thing right now. <laughs> it will one oh, right. today. Right. Anyway, um, <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it's everywhere. The personal is political, let's say that. Um, but I, I think I haven't experienced as much like say personal annoyance. Is this the current, is, is this what you're experiencing? It's like it's annoying? Or like- <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm not annoyed. What it is, is, you know, it's kind of, you know, predominantly these people I, I either grew up with, went to high school with, or went to college with, right? Mm-hmm. And like you said, you were part of Hyphen. Um, you, you went to college and you were in activist groups, presumably, right? So was mm-hmm. I. It's like they're, they're in our lives, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, we're from California. Um, maybe in high school, I don't know if like nowadays I hear about high school groups that are about this kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, race, ethnicity, gender, everything. We didn't have those back in our high High school days oh you didn't okay i did we did not you did Ooh. okay we didn't mm-hmm. i mean i i my service was a little bit different i went to like a private jewish school but mm-hmm. i went to college is when it happened right mm-hmm. i joined all the groups you know you go to all the things so like i you know, it's kind of like in a way you know obviously we have sort of been swimming in it for at this point like 20 years maybe mm-hmm. longer right mm-hmm. so to see these people who are just like new and, and not to say that we are not also on the path to wokeness perpetually true. right i've true, gotten true, true, right. In, in issues with a lot of things that i have been blind to obviously and it's a perpetual cycle and it's like oh well maybe i shouldn't be throwing rocks at glass houses because I, there's a lot of things i did not know and i'm like oh my gosh you know uh but certain issues i'm like where were you okay like let's see it's yeah. specific like what are some of the things that have okay been let's let's go out? let's go yeah let's- <laughs> one of the things being asian american is that to sort of now there's i think this is a little bit different than maybe previous times where there's a big concentration now on asian americans supporting black right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and suddenly people are like oh my gosh asian americans i mean things that we sort of take for granted of knowing what a model minority is and and the downsides of that term you know mm-hmm. i'm seeing people like oh yeah guys we, we're the model minority we need to stand these people we need to talk to our parents and all these sort of things you know i have a friend who i was just i actually just made a podcast episode with with him mm-hmm. and um you know i think it's really great that he is sort of getting educated and he wanted to you know bring on his friend and his black friend to talk about his experiences and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff and they were kind of dovetailed and he is not to put him on blast but he is a vietnamese refugee you know and when he moved from san diego to where he lives now he's like yo my friends just called me the chinese or they called me like you know they just called me the asian and me and my you know his his friends they just called him the asian he's like that's totally fine like he had no problems with it and we're kind of some from the same area of san diego you know all our friends were pretty much people of color, uh, predominantly Asian American. And for him, it was like totally acceptable. And I asked him like, okay, so when did you sort of start getting knowledgeable about this Asian American awareness and activism? He's like, well, last week. I was like, oh, <laughs> it's like, cool. You know, I mean, it's great that he, now he wants to like put it out there. And he's like talking to people on the Facebook. He wants to make this podcast episode and all this kind of stuff, right? 
Mm-hmm. And for me, I'm like, yo, it's a journey. But at the same time, part of why I feel like I have also fallen a little bit off of Asian American activism stuff is because a lot of the same issues are the same things that we were talking about 20 years ago, mm-hmm. you know, in college. Mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. how you feel, you know, with Hyphen Magazine, this right, kind of stuff. It's like right. very cyclical. It's like, you know, we're always talking about the same things. And even 10 years ago, when trying to do like, I mean, most of my stuff is usually Asian American art stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we had leaders who would talk about like, what's coming next, Asian American. Like now people are like, representation, let's get it. It's like, okay, like, I think we're past that, you know. <laughs> Um, but whatever that's just my personal thinking you know Uh uh i'm like i don't want representation i mean i want it but uh, you know i don't want don't want just representation um so it's been interesting to sort of see friends do that and Mm -hmm. you know people who are living in situations suddenly like you know my friend i think he now teaches maybe he's like superintendent of schools or something in the inner city and like for the past couple years he's been very very public on facebook about what he's learning Mm-hmm. And things, and it's like suddenly, I guess it hits me a little bit like they're evangelical uh, okay. in both the good and bad way, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. It's like I just discovered Jesus. Let me tell you about it. In this particular case, it's a good cause. Okay, yeah. But it's also like um, I don't know. Maybe maybe you have a little more history or education about it. What do you think? Yeah. Am I True. being too harsh on these people? No, I don't think so. I mean, here, yeah. So I think for just I guess like for my perspective on this whole like awakening or reawakening mm-hmm. for some people, um, overall great, and it, it does feel different than times past, and a lot of it because like we're just, a lot of us are just stuck at home, so like we're on the news, we're on the social. It's kind of a little bit easier to be more collectively like angry about about injustices uh george Floyd and, and all and everything related to that uh so for i usually am one to like get angry and then i think i ended i end up alienating people sometimes i for sure i know i did that in college and so this time around i'm like okay i have to like try to be calmer even though of course you know every i think every everyone who recognizes like you know being a minority i know that term can be problematic but anyway like you have this rage right um, whether it's underneath everything or very obvious. So I was like, dang, I gotta like sometimes control my rage because I was like alienating people who are just newly woke or just have questions who don't know, like they're just gonna, that's not gonna help at all, right? <laughs> like they're just gonna be like, fuck that. Like you're too sensitive or like you're being, you're like, they're gonna feel attacked, right? And on the one hand, it's like, okay, tired of making certain people feel comfortable or like making space for them because they're just so used to it, but they don't know it. So it's like, fuck you, like go do your own education. But at the same time, it's like, okay, if you're like on the fence and you want to be on like my side, so to speak, like, okay, then I should try harder for to get you to my side, you know, instead of just being like, oh, I can't believe you. Because that, that, I, I grapple with that too, when you're like, oh, these issues again, like, God damn it. Um, but the reality is like when you, when you frame it as, you know, as I was reminded during this time, it's like, shit, dude, this is like how America as it is now, like that's how this country was built. So it's like, cannot be shocked when you're like, God damn, what has changed since like LA riots uprising 92? Like what's changed since civil rights, like movement in the sixties? Like you're like, it's been every 30 years, what's going on? And then you're like, oh, our, our entire country is just, that's just how we, it's supposed to be. I mean, not the way, not that it shouldn't be changed, but that kind of helps me be less frustrated with like, well, what's happened in 20 years? It's like, oh, it hasn't, that's actually not that long. And then, like, I did used to get tired of having those same, these same, like, conversations with people. Like, oh, what's my identity now? I was like, dude, yeah, aren't yeah, you yeah. past this? Like, aren't you past yeah, this? Yeah, thank you. Aren't you past this? That's the term. Right. I and I, I remember, like, when I joined Hyphen, and this is, like, a long time ago, maybe 10 plus years ago, 10 years ago. Um, that was part of the criteria for joining. It was like, we are not about, you know, you having your identity crisis now. Like everyone on staff has passed mm-hmm. that and we're looking forward. Mm-hmm. Like, what exactly. else? like, how can you get beyond that? 
Um, and yeah. I am still about that. And but I also realize like so many people are not there, and so I have to be more patient with people. Who do we? Are just do we, Margo? Okay, we that, that's that's people? a good point. I mean, I'm just in my house, right? So yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, what am I really? Am I getting out there? Am I doing so? That's I know, I know. I still have a lot of rage too. Um, and I think my, for in terms of like newly woke Asian Americans, I think part of my beef is like, right? There's some people who are like trying to be spokespeople now all of a sudden, and they're like, oh, like we need to be allies right now because we never had them before and i'm like are you kidding me dude i mean yeah it's hard work it's totally not easy and admittedly my circle is like mostly asian american but it's like these people who are and and leaders in the asian american community oh sorry what who's i mean also leaders in the asian american community you know like you're you're steeped i mean you live in the bay but also the some of the people that you know they're leaders in the asian american community Right. You know, so the like, ones who are doing things. Yeah. yeah. It's like, dude, people have been doing things. Like, you got to look exactly. to see what's already there. And it's like, if you don't know that, like, your Kochiyama, you know, was like <laughs> super Thank close you. to Malcolm yes. X or like um, Richard Aoki was like an early member of the Black Panthers, you know, I mean, that whole thing got crazy because apparently he was an informant too. <laughs> anyway, but he alleged he flipped and like he dedicated his whole life to civil rights. Um, so I think like I get angry about that but, and also defensive too. But and, and I think it's like, hey, we been here like don't don't say like we have zero consciousness and we're only getting it now like maybe that's you but you have to realize there's been work and i, I think it just goes and it, again there, there's still so much work to be done um but i think it's this idea that like oh whatever you think of now is is revolutionary and new but it's like dude all these frameworks for how you want to create a new society that's more just, more equal. Like, actually, if you do your research, like, there have been these models that have been put forth before um, that seem awesome, that seem like they could work, but they've been too considered too fringe. And so, where am I going with this? Yeah, see, now, now I'm like, oh, it's coming out now. Uh, so I guess, A, let's like, yeah, before you try to become a post person, it is good to like try to reach out. And if you make a mistake, yeah, yeah, like be open to learning more. But yeah, there's still so much out there. Well, I guess, I guess my, my problem a little bit of issues that, you know, the people who do seem to be sometimes newly woke are very vocal. And it's like, you, <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't want you to be the vocal one. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I, and I've been feeling, sort of, mm-hmm. go ahead. No, no, that, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Just kind of like, I'm I'm glad that you're you're coming into the light, you know, just sit there quietly, read your shit, you know, do a little studying, talk to people, but I don't know if you should be in the bullhorn, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and maybe that's what it takes is that people who are that enthusiastic and maybe, you know, maybe 15 years ago, we were these people like, oh man, I got to do this and do this and do this. Right. Um, and I think that's in a way it's good, uh, because, you know, you know, uh, the enthusiasm when you first learn about injustice is great for young people, old people, whatever it may be, right? And I'm talking mostly about people our age, to be honest. But it's also like, yeah, like, where you been? You know, um, and now that you're here, shut up. Um, and that's kind of a lot of my, per- this is my very personal take. And this is just in my personal circles, right? I'm very happy to talk to you about a one-on-one, you know, but at the same time, when you start coming up and, and you're like, hey, guys, systematic racism is bad. You know, I never experienced racism until now. Like, okay, okay, we're good. Like, I don't need you to be the one talking about, like, I've never, you know, experienced any racist actions against me until 40 years into my life. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it was there. You just didn't care about it. You didn't pay attention to it. Um, and so that's just when, when I come out and I'm kind of judging about this. But at the same time, I'm also very judgy. Um <laughs> I mean, I'm in mental too. And so yeah, so I'm like, okay, I got to like look at myself. Cause we're for sure like, you know, this whole time I was, I was like, oh God, I got to like examine my own actions. And I mean, those can be empty words at this point. 
Um, I will say for, you know, one of my more genuinely woke friends who's, who's always um, been in this stuff, like he's more of an acquaintance, but he's a cool dude. He was like putting it out there on social media, like times when he assumed, you know, like a black person was like a suspicious character. And he's like, I feel he's like, I'm so embarrassed, but he actually like called himself out and like detailed it. And I was like, damn, I am not there yet. Like that's important. And I think that's, it's big, but you know, he's not newly woke. Like he's been involved in Asian Americans for a long time. So I feel like he was able to convey in a way and like shape, shape the experience as a story in a way to, yeah, make it like a learning point and not so much like, oh God, I'm guilt. I feel guilty. What do I do with my guilt? You know, it's a little beyond that to like finesse it, I guess. Um, so I thought, thought it was definitely more helpful as opposed to like, okay, what are you supposed to do with this? Um, so yeah, I mean, I hope the people, I, I yeah, I was feeling, I, I'm on social more than I was before, which makes sense because, you know, I'm unemployed. Um, so I was feeling that pressure. I'm like, oh, am I supposed to post something? Are people going to like unfriend me if I don't? So I was like, oh, am I performing? Have you been? A little more. I mean, it's stuff like, and I, I, and I was like, dude, do I have to post like everything that I'm doing or learning? Because I was like, because I, I do consume a lot of like racially conscious like media books a lot. I don't, I feel like I'm not like, posting about every single one is like annoying <laughs> and I don't want to, but I was like, am I supposed to? So I've calmed down a little bit and and not to say that, you know, it's not on my mind or I'm not trying to, to work toward better things. Um, but right. It's like, what is genuine? Like what? Are, yeah. It, it, that's a whole other thing too. Like performing acti- activism and whatnot. Um, anyway. Yeah. There's, <laughs> so we'll see what happens in, in the next few weeks, few months, few years with all this, this sort of newish energy in the air. Um, I'm, I'm going to hope for the best. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm very, I'm very pessimistic. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, moving right along. Um, America's going down in flames, and I'm on board. Uh, yeah, I'm returning. I'm returning to America. I cannot believe this. I don't know what how I feel. I have mixed feelings. I'm not going to see you anyway, or maybe I will. But I mean, I'm driving right by your house. But uh, yeah, I may or may not see you. Uh, <laughs> Let's try to have a social distance hang if you have time. Yeah, yeah, the drive by. Um, <laughs> we can go yeah. to the beach. I mean, I, right? I, we'll see. Yeah, if it's not cordoned off or dangerous, I don't know. I mean, you know, America. <laughs> You know, we knew this was coming, right? Um, people like like you and me, we knew the quarantine was coming, and then we knew people were going to leave quarantine because Americans are are dumb, and mm-hmm. you know they can't suffer more than two months in quarantine, and they're like, we're we're going back out, you know. And of course, now it's become a political issue, and here we are, the virus is spiking, mm-hmm. but um, that's that's fine, you know. So I I don't I don't, me personally I don't see much of an end in sight. Um, yeah, no, same so, here. Actually, no. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and, you know, and and with the protests and everything happening, you know, um, of course, that could be a factor. Who knows? I have no idea. You know, I haven't been in America. I don't mm-hmm. know that much what's going on. But at the same time, uh, people have been asking me, like, what is it like to experience the protests Black Lives Matter while you're away from home? I'm like, it's not that different than when I'm at home because I'm just in my house reading about it. <laughs> You know, arguably you could leave the house and see more protests, but like um, maybe you're participating, maybe not if I was closer in particular cities, maybe who knows. Right. Um, But yeah. So I guess there's some progress being made maybe. Mm -hmm. I I mean, yeah, on that, I feel like I have to like out myself in terms of like, I didn't physically go to a protest when I was, I went to a lot. Do you feel bad about that? I do. But my reasoning, well, here's my reasoning. I definitely wanted to go. uh, And then a lot of people say that too, but uh, I still do caretaking stuff for my mom. She has a lot of health issues. So this whole time I had been trying to be careful uh, about not exposing her and my dad to their vulnerable, popula- vulnerable population. And so I don't want to be the ass 
asshole in that way. And so I, I was like really torn up about it. I was like, ah, like it's, it's, I was like, it's part of me. Like I, you know, I really want to show my support. Um, and then one thing that I, ah, that would have been a good idea for people who are maybe in a similar position as me, but I missed it. It was like, there was um, before, like there was, uh, I guess the first really official big March in the city. Mm -hmm. So there was like time to plan there was a drop-off point for people who wanted to donate like water and snacks and things like that for the marchers. And I was like, oh, damn it. That would have been a great way for me to like help, you know, and not actually start to be around all those people and like expose, potentially expose my parents to stuff. So, but and then but at the same time, it's like, it was like back around to like, okay, there are many ways to contribute. And a lot of people will just go to the protest for show and then not do shit, you know, afterward. And that sucks. And like, there's many, many. I mean, let's, let's, let's be real. You know, I have no excuses. I would not have gone anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> not that something yeah. I do. I have nobody it's to take care of. I am I'm not at risk. Yeah, I, this is not how I go. Um, mm -hmm. But there are but, just so uh, many other ways to, and this is, again, this is like the long haul, right? This is not a sprint. This is a marathon, as you keep saying. So there are many, many ways no, to contribute. I'm waiting for the downfall, but I'm of a different <laughs> mindset. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just the fact that like you're talking to your friends, right? Well, you know, here's the thing. I'm not really talking to my friends. I'm just listening to them say stuff and I'm going to defriend you because, <laughs> you know, I don't have the time nor the energy for this. You know what I'm saying? Mm, mm. Like, it's like you said, it's like you're either on the bus or you're not. And if you later getting on the bus, I don't want you on the bus. The bus is leaving. Is the bus yeah, is you gone. can catch up later. Catch up later. That's cool. You know what I'm saying? But like, <laughs> you know, that's kind of what I feel is different than the discussions maybe we had 20 years ago when like, mm. I'm very enthusiastic and I want to talk to you about it. Now I don't want to talk to you about it. Interesting. I think it's a great analogy, actually. You're like, this is, ship is leaving. <laughs> yeah, it already left. It left 20 years ago. It's coming back around and you can get on, you know, like when you're ready, get on. Um, and I don't know if I've heard a lot of, I mean, I also tend to be maybe more unforgiving on, mm. in a lot of these ways, you know, but I'm like, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't need to, I don't want to explain anything to you, you know, just like, yeah. I mean, I'm talking about specifically, you know, uh, you know, I mean, not that I even have white people to explain this to you, but, you know, <laughs> just talking about people of color, even, you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. I don't yeah, want to I explain to you Asian American assimilation. Uh, you can read about it and then you can think about it yourself. Like you said, I guess this is a really good point that you pointed out about um, with Hyphen and maybe just other people. It's like we've worked through our self-identity. We're here to put in work for other people and other things. Right. It's not a space for you to figure out your self-identity and your crises with your racial ethnic problems. Right. And like, am I racist? I, we're not here. I'm not here for that conversation with you. Yeah. The right? whole like, am I American uh, or am I Chinese? And I'm like, dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. do that with me. A lot of articles about that. A lot of articles. A lot of articles. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That uh, is you like know. definitely pet peeve. <laughs> You know, and that's why I hate so much of this Asian American media that's coming out now, um, mm. especially in the mainstream of, and they tend to be a lot of, uh, I mean, it's, it's still stereotypical. There's still, you know, I can't say much because I'm not contributing anything better, but at the same time, it's a lot of, you know, um, uh, my parents don't approve of my uh, career choices, you know, like, okay, like, I'd love to move a little bit past that. Um, at the same time, I have to spoken me, to people. Feels like so old, yeah. So old, so old. Like, but yet people are really genuinely going through this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, they're, of course they're going through it. It's great. I'm, I'm glad you're going through it, yeah. and everybody's going through it. I mean, I think it just speaks to how cyclical and it doesn't change. But at the same time, we're not that far removed because parents are parents, right? Generations are generations. We're not exactly a full generation past, maybe yet. Um, and I think you know that's why certain things like Banana Mag, which we both have expressed <laughs> a little bit of uh, anti to, I think they're kind of interesting because they are not necessarily caught up on some of these things. Oh, we are going to talk about Banana Magazine. Okay. I, I mean, we I could. I mean, I, I was just thinking about it. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean, so Banana Mag is, uh, I think it's mostly, 
uh, it's New York based. Um, in the beginning, I was like, what is this magazine called Banana Mag? I was like, some bullshit. Like, didn't we go through this 30 years ago with Yolk Magazine? You know, like, um, like don't name your Yolk, shit. I forgot about that's that. Derogatory. You know, I really like Yolk Magazine. But, you know, like, there's, like, it sounds really derogatory. Like, reclaiming banana. I'm like, no, we don't need to reclaim banana. However, I do like what they're doing because they are New York focused. Um, it's by these two women. Uh, I forgot their names at the moment, but I have been reading and following them. And in the sort of whole created, you know, I mean, hyphen is still there, but it's not like there's a lot of Asian American publications post hyphen that I am aware of. And this one was run by really young, like I, I think at the time, maybe late twenties, some things. And they're just promoting, you know, a lot of Asian American artists, Asian American events and arts. And so I, I do like some of the things they do. Um, at the same time, you know, some of it, I don't know, you tell me how you feel about Banana Mac. Right. Well, you're the one who sent it my way in the first place. And I feel like I probably haven't read as much as you. I did read a little bit because I didn't just want to like spout out <laughs> nothing. Um, a, the name, here's what I remember. So like, you know, I'm not an original member of Hyphen, uh, but I, here's here's the thing where I was like reflecting. I was like, is it just like us being old now? We're like, what's going mm-hmm. yes. on? Yeah. Because I remember for, when Hyphen first came out, you know, one of my older mentors uh, was like totally shit talking it. She's like, oh, why is it called Hyphen? Like that's so on PC and whatever, whatever. And the thing is like, I felt like her anger was almost unfounded because she didn't realize that the point of the magazine being called Hyphen is because the Hyphen, you know, for the Asian American community is so controversial, so politicized. I mean, at this point, overall, we're at the point where like, we don't use it. And even like eight, like Associated Press style knows that they're not supposed to use it. Um, but like the point of it was because it was controversial. That's why it was called Hyphen, not because like they believed in the Hyphen. So I think, so then I was like, oh, is this my, am I just being the old fogey for not like the name banana mag like i yeah, don't think it has be, much yeah. for the name banana it doesn't bother me as much as it bothers you maybe but i get it you're like uh this is like a total like slur or whatever um but i think my issue was that the premise of it seemed to be like yeah i feel like they just didn't do their research they just didn't know because they're like oh you looked around and it looked like there just weren't any like asian american arts organizations and i was like are you joking dude there are like so many and they've been around for a while so it would have been different i think they're also in new york yeah exactly a lot of them are based like founded and based in new york so i was like what are you guys talking about um and then i was like i would have been different if they were like oh there there are, are some around but they don't speak to like what our generation believes or like you know i can understand if like it's not fulfilling something but to be like oh there isn't anything so we're gonna start our own i was like okay again to your homework um and then b like a lot of the stuff they're talking about is very they're like we're an asian american magazine but it is seems very very centered around east asians only and which is always problematic um in the community and i think it's just very specific and i get it like i think they're writing what they know they're probably just speaking to like their personal experiences and those of their friends and you know that's right yeah. everyone has a right to like tell their stories whatever but to be like we're going to be the voice of this i'm like eh, all right guys i mean claps for you know doing the work and putting it out but also like please do more homework and like if you're saying you want a voice and you want a community like just look don't be the voice don't be the voice if you just got here but i was like oh yeah but john we're getting old so like who knows Maybe yeah that's- <laughs> i think part of it is us of course yeah you know, like I, I mean you are not starting online magazines you know at least they're putting out the time to put in asian american magazines right we're not doing it yeah so overall support there's always more stories overall from more voices. Um, but, but i mean they're going through the same issues that right other things did before which is right, right. and we're and loose back around just to like like you said centering on east asians just like like before you say you're going to be the spokesperson like just <laughs> step back a little bit anyways fair enough recommendation uh banana mac recommendation is that your recommendation get woke <laughs> yeah oh, they're oh, both are recommendations are. yeah <laughs>
big one. I, I can would, recommend I both. You know, I'm not against people getting woke nor banana mag. I like them both. <laughs> Are you going to talk about your life in Mexico a little bit more? Or is there yeah. So? so, you know, um, I've been in Mexico since early February, and I was here last November. I came down for a month or so, and I left, and then I came back. Um, you had some questions about my life in Mexico, or just you should want to expound? Well, in general, but I think especially just in terms of like, oh, okay, we're going into quarantine, the borders are closing, and it was like a reverse mm. thing, right? It was like, oh, Mexico doesn't want U.S. people in. I thought that was awesome, right? But then I was like, oh, you're an American kind of like trapped in Mexico. I mean, it's your choice, but you said that it's, you, you, you were thinking about it. and about, But then when you were thinking about it, the border just closed, so, or the border closed. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, I can go back, but a non-U.S. citizen cannot go back. Mm. Um, and so, you know, much like me going back to Taiwan, I can't go back to Taiwan because I am not a Taiwanese citizen. You're not? Um, oh, I, you I am dual not. Citizenship. You can, but I didn't apply for it when I was living there. And I technically used to have a Taiwan passport, but it expired. But I didn't do it until, I could do it after I think 39 because I didn't want to be in the military. And by uh. that time, I, you know, there's all these, our mutual friend, Brandon, is actually doing it now, but he's, he's doing sort of like a work sort of. No, 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 no. Oh my God, that'd be great. Uh, no, he is applying for like Taiwanese citizenship and all this kind of stuff. But the you have to live in Taiwan for an extended amount of time, like nine months out of the year without leaving. And at this point in my sort of experience in Taiwan, I can't stay there for nine months at a time, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I never got the passport. I never got the, you know, in and out. But yeah, so I've been, I mean, I've been down here for personal reasons. I don't need to necessarily like leave, you know. Uh, I could stay here because I really do like Mexico City. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the borders crossing, and I think this is happening with a lot of people is like they can't go where they want to, especially if they have a partner right mm-hmm. uh we have some friends who are leaving tomorrow to go to a european country but they're not entirely sure if one of them will get in they're just gonna try it try oh, is one person a mexican citizen yeah. and one person is american yes okay uh one is like spanish so he's gonna make it back into spain will she who knows it's a mystery Ooh, we don't know man. Ooh, yeah it's yeah. like anxiety inducing but at the same time good yeah try yeah i mean what do you <laughs> I guess what are you going to lose? But, you know, the quarantine in Mexico, I mean, because I think we were a little ahead of the curve, um, I knew that I was not going outside and I have not really done anything in like two, three months here. But uh, I think this is no slander, but Mexico has been really bad about their quarantine and their (laughs) sort of the coronavirus, like preventative measures. They're worse than arguably the US. Really? Them and Brazil are doing terrible. Yeah. You know, because the president is out there hugging people and telling people like, let's gather, you know, and there's, you know, there's for a while, I mean, there's still markets, there's still people out. I mean, part of it is like economics, like the people, um, street markets, you know, the people who are vendors, they they have to be out here and working. And, mm, mm-hmm. you know, the numbers were really, really underreported here, just like in the U.S., exactly the same mm-hmm. as the U.S. You know, like, people are not testing, and people are not caring. Yeah. And if you look at the stats now, the deaths are huge. You know, uh, Mexico was like, was the hotspot as of like two weeks ago, like around the world. I mean, now the U.S. is back. But, you know. Um, Forgive my ignorance. So didn't, so Mexico closed the border to U.S. citizens. Was it closing its border briefly. all around? Well, I think they closed them to non-essential for non-essential workers both ways i think um and but you know like for example like the border of tijuana and san diego is like huge obviously for commerce and people want it opened again and people who live in tijuana but work in san diego they want to come back and forth um i don't know if they killed or couldn't but from what i heard they couldn't um so yeah you know arbitrarily closing the border good idea i'm sure but at the same time uh it's safe to say the nor 
the US nor Mexico did a great job doing any quarantining and testing and all that kind of stuff, right? Mm, yeah. So definitely, I don't think people were taking it as serious as, say, at the time, San Francisco or, you know, um, some of the US cities, but maybe they are now, but apparently, you know, the threat level here uh-huh. was at a red and it was supposed to like move on to an orange level or something, but most it of my... Just recently, as it should LA. be uh, in LA, <laughs> yeah, be. they had like the highest number in the US yeah. so far, so it's like crazy. Um, it's Memorial Day, Memorial Day, and yeah, but everybody else I knew here left almost, you know, most of the other people that I know, the Canadians, Americans, other people, oh, like expats, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, back home. because part of it was, I think, you know, nobody knew what was going to happen in Mexico, um, but everybody was like, it's going to get wild. I don't think it got wild to be honest, life's been semi normal, you know, especially, okay. I mean, especially where I'm living at, I'm living in Condesa which is where all the expats live. It's nice. It's like... Mm-hmm. It's like the hipster area. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's all expats, you know. Um, for the most part, you know, my friends here, they still kind of go out and see their friends. Um, there is... I, I don't think the social pressure to quarantine is quite as huge. But then again, I don't know because I've not been in the States. Are they going out with masks or just not even? Yeah, up until like maybe a month and a half ago, they weren't. Now everybody's in masks. Okay. And so you're still... I mean, you you can be a homebody anyway. So you're still like doing your stay home thing mostly. Oh, I'm very good at being a homebody. <laughs> Yeah. I know. So you just go up for essential stuff, right? like groceries. Um, I go to the grocery store. Um, we started biking a little bit once in a while, but mostly okay. it's like a weekly trip to the grocery store. We did go one outdoor picnic uh, with some people. Um, and then with the same people, I've been to their house for like a dinner party or they've been here once oh, in a while. Oh, crazy. But really, so I haven't seen anybody. Do you feel fine about it? Or are you like, do you have anxiety or like what? I don't. Um, but also it's because these are like people that we've you know at this point everybody's vetting each other right i see right you kind of like your it's like your circle and you yeah okay i see but uh, you know i'm flying home and i'm gonna fly home to quarantine and test myself and i don't feel anxiety for me because you know i don't necessarily like you know again it's like uh if i get it i get it but also i'm I, like you said i could be a carrier right uh nieces family moms grandparents all that stuff um i am headed to a birthday party in the bay which will be very not good for i guess virus no. spreading because we're renting no. an airbnb and spending a whole weekend there oh my god you guys but you know i think most of us are making that concession mm. uh we we've the patience is broke my friend really wants to have a birthday party and originally she's going to have it here in mexico but that's off obviously so now she's just going to have it in the bay and we're going to get up there 15 20 people just oh god. just swimming in each other's you know Oh my God, John. That's yeah. like, should I see you or not? Like, no, no, know. you should not see me. Nobody should see me. But the <laughs> thing is, it's weird because I'm the number one fact. I'm the one taking two flights, arguably. Oh, yeah. At least one flight, right? I'm coming from but Mexico. You said you're going to quarantine. Diego. Are you going to do it for two I'm weeks? I'm going to quarantine first? for two weeks. I'm oh, going to get tested. That's, that's pretty responsible of you. But then you're going to fly again, right? <laughs> right, exactly. I'm going to fly right again. We're going to land yeah. there. These other people are, have been maybe out and about. My other, One other friend is flying in. So it's like the two of us are the risk factors. Oh, you my know? God. Um, but, you know, we're, you know, in theory, at this house, the rules are going to be like, put on a mask, let's, let's, let's social distance. I'm a little skeptical of that because, yo, how are you going to karaoke? No, you're honestly, once you're in the house, like no one's going to wear a mask. I can exactly. just tell you that now. I've just been nipping a lot of my social opportunities in the bud because I'm yeah. like, who are we kidding? Like, this is kidding? not going to happen. I'm like, this is not possible. I did it. I've social distance hang with Lan once because it was like one person on the beach because she was in the area. So I'm okay to do that. But anything, I turned down like an outdoor birthday party at Lake Merritt. I was like, no thanks. I turned down like a small company pic- picnic. I was like, I know not just gonna stay apart so anyways that's why i'm but i I just like i know myself i'm like there's most people cannot stay that far apart (laughs) 
No. So you're gonna share food, you're gonna share drinks, let me pour this for you. <laughs> you're gonna hug, like you're gonna be like so good to see you. <laughs> so like after your birthday party, I mean part of me of course is envious. I'm like, ah, oh, I bet you're gonna ha- okay, you're gonna have a really good time. I will say that. <laughs> and I think especially I'm really like, wow, like, I appreciate this so much. Um after how you're gonna fly back to San Diego immediately or Mexico, San Diego. I'm gonna drive back or fly back to San Diego. I'm gonna stay in San Diego for the summer. Okay, so at least you can like quarantine yourself again. Um, I'm basically in social isolation anyway in San Diego. So, <laughs> wait, is I your mom there right now, or is she in she's Taiwan? just coming back from Taiwan? Okay, so like she's gonna. Okay, so you guys can isolate yourselves. Okay, so at least like in terms of being around the nieces, your mom, whatever. Like, yeah, I'm not gonna touch them. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. not that until we're clear. Good, I guess. <laughs> Man, it's like you gotta like put in so much time that it's like two weeks if you want to do anything. Two weeks before and afterwards. Yeah, you know my lifestyle. In Mexico and San Diego, not much different. Tell me, tell me about your virtual book club. Oh yes, yeah. so one cool thing that's come out is like I joined my first book club ever, uh, and it, the cool part is that it started off like <clears throat> very organically. It wasn't like, hey, let's have a book club, do this. It was more like, <clears throat> you know, having a, a thread with some of my Asian American female friends, which is actually that's like most of my friends anyway. But. <laughs> <laughs> and just of course, friends. I know they're just friends. Uh, no need to say girlfriends or whatever. Uh, and you know, the conversation the past few months has been like, "Oh, have you read Minor Feelings by Kathy Park Hong?" Oh. That's been the hotness in I think a lot of the Asian American communities. And the book is so fire. If I can use that word. <laughs> Is this the first book that you guys have read together? Yeah. So the basically the it's based. So it was like, have you read it? Have you read it? I want to, or I have. And so it was like, okay, hey, let's have a book club for this. And this is like a couple of our other friends who are very experienced with book clubs, and for a lot of say the title again, so people know. Ah, minor feelings. minor feelings and Asian American reckoning by Kathy Park Hong. It's amazing, dude. I mean, this book is fantastic. I'm gonna say it's fire. Like. Of course, if you're an Asian American female, if you're Asian American, um, that I would agree with like one of the the reviews that are it's put on the jacket is like to read this book is to become more human. <laughs> it is great. It's a oh, I cannot tell you how awesome it is. Anyway, I guess I, I suppose that's a recommendation as well. So that was the cool part about like the beginning of the book club. And our friend Diane she came up with the name of the book club. <laughs> it's called Minor Feelings Feelings. <laughs> Minor Feelings Feelings. So good, right? So it was kind of a sort of one-time deal, but now we're in discussions of like... How are you guys meeting online? Just we just met once. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, that's what I love to. I love to hear about book club format. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just Zoom. Do you guys stay on task and talk about the book? For the most, I think the cool part is that most of we're you know we have a lot of common interests. So even if we stray, it's still uh, related. Like for example, I was late to the meeting, so when I when I logged on, um, one of the members, Charlene, was telling the group had she started watching Padma Lakshmi's new cooking show on Hulu, and that is related. You know, it's like trying to be more political about food and like Asian American women. So it's like I think almost whatever we talk we talk about is still kind of related um okay. but because like about half the group was pretty experienced in being in book clubs we were able to stay on task and they were able to moderate that's what that's what i like and i felt very comfortable i was nervous at first like i was i wasn't sure if like i was gonna feel too intimidated to say stuff because you know it's like you know i had like these flashbacks of english class where i was like oh my god am i just not am i gonna say something dumb like oh god like i mean i shouldn't say anything 
Oh, what? you felt book club pressure. I did, but it was fine. It was great. And part of okay. it is because the book is so compelling that pretty much every page has a lot of my highlights and underlines and notes in the margins. And part of it, because I knew it was going to be for book club. So I was like, oh, I got to study. So every chapter, which is only about 30 pages each, it took me three hours to get through each chapter because I was like going back over again, commenting. I was like, oh my God. So it was like, a, I call it a joyously exhausting effort for, for me to read the book because it's like every almost every every paragraph she writes, you're just like, yes. Oh my God, that is so true. Holy shit. Ah. And that's, I mean, that's why it's called minor feelings. It's like all these inklings or passing thoughts you have or, or, or things that you've said that, that have been shut down by other people or dismissed. Um, she like brings it to light and she's like, this shit is real. And you're like, yes, this is real. <laughs> um, is that your recommendation also? Uh, no, I have a different one, but it's, oh, but you know, one more thing for the book club that has been really cool um, is that, you know, in discussing the next book, you know, we're talking about um, Taste the Nation too. And so Charlene came up with the idea. She's like, hey, do you just want to do the new, next book club? on the TV series. And we're like, dude, that's a great idea because we've been talking about it. Wait, what TV series? Padma Lakshmi has a new Hulu series called Taste the Nation. And so uh, we've been talking about it on, on the thread. So we're like, oh yeah, let's have that be our next book club discussion. <laughs> and I like that fluidity. It's like, oh, it doesn't have to be a book. It's like still mm, in our, in our interest. Like, it's like media, breakdown, let's break down media, right? Asian American media. Um, and other other books to be considered next are Pachinko by Min Jin Lee mm-hmm. and The Spirit Catches You and then you fall down i forgot that that's not the exact title but that's about um like Hmong refugees coming to america so and the pachinko i think it has to do with like korean japanese i forget but i remember i just ordered it and i've been wanting to read it for a long time do you guys um are you guys always it's always going to be asian american books oh we don't know we don't know i think so far a lot of our everyone's rec has been asian american i think it's just our natural interests are you guys open to new members no. we have capped it <laughs> right right do you, do you want to join or something um, i mean i would like to lurk i don't need, i'd love to zoom and go dark and just watch that'd be hilarious but i have a recommendation that has to do with book club okay you said you've never um, been in one i've been in many books oh, i'm always in book clubs i mean i thought so like do you like very writerly okay yeah I, I i go to cities and just automatically join a book club um but my friend <laughs> uh danielle clayton she during quarantine time you know she started this online book club also right now. It's called Black Girls with Magic. Um, it's for young adults, black fantasy stories. And every month they pick Ooh. a book and then have an online book club. Um, and traditionally, you know, in fantasy stories, there's not a lot of representation. There's zero representation in traditional fantasy stories. So she writes uh, black fantasy. And this book club that she started is very awesome. So I've been reading their books for book club. Um, it's called awesome. Black Girls with Magic. And that's black my magic. book club recommendation oh i'm trying to find this dang it so the other day i mean it's, it's on the same subject uh so i got a newsletter from my college uh wellesley oh i was just like what's happening also this week and they had a spotlight on a lot of writers of color alums so mostly black women there's like one east asian queer lady and a couple of south asians um mm-hmm. and then well, one of the recommendations is uh she is like a does like black sci-fi and so of course there's description intro it was like i guess you can't really mention it without mentioning octavia butler right actually yeah. i don't know if i read her stuff but i know she's a pioneer um and it's true there's a gross underrepresentation. oh here it is in case you're interested maybe you've read it already it is called a phoenix first must burn that's the first so, book from black girl magic no way yeah, okay so 
go. I'm going to make a podcast about it, actually. Okay. So this, let's see, it's edited by, oh, it, the editor is a class of 2015 from Wesley, oh, Patrice okay. Caldwell. So does she have a chapter in here? I forget. Anyways, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Small world, kind of. Anyway. Phoenix first was, I mean, it's a, it's a very small world. Black sci-fi fantasy. It's a small world, especially young adult. Um, so that's why it's got to, we're pushing it. We're pushing it. It's exploding right now. Like, is it growing quickly or not necessarily? Well, I mean, you know, the reckoning that's coming from all society is coming also obviously in publishing. And mm. recently there's a publishing hashtag on Twitter of like publishing paid me or something. Oh, and yeah. Discovered, that's, that's, right. Yes. Yeah. Like, hey, they're underpaying people of color and black authors specifically. Um, but hey, that's, you know, again, if, if you've been there, you knew it. And now maybe you know it right yeah and I mean, hopefully it's again i hope there is bigger change because there's like oh spotlights on you <laughs> yeah i mean again you know it depends publishing is still 95 percent white yeah oh 95 that's i mean i don't know it's 80 whatever it is it's very high right he's at least 80 well but according to the stats but you're in publishing so <laughs> i'm not in publishing <laughs> i'm i've been kicked out <laughs> uh but yeah you know the, the people at top are not and it's you know again you know unless that changes it's not gonna matter you know but they're just talking about they don't put the resources in marketing certain books uh a black fantasy might get buried and this happens i've seen this happen with my asian american author friends mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. they can write an asian american fantasy and they're like we're good we need one per year we're done yeah filled the quota the single story um, that or the one uh that gets my goat so badly in you <laughs> it does it does um, <laughs> I, I just use that term <laughs> um let's move smoothly into recommendations <laughs> So my recommendation, I'm just going first. <laughs> um, yeah, please go first. I don't have so one, so go for it. It's a, you always have Rex, John. Anyway, so it's a new food podcast called Extra Spicy. And I want to say it's for people. So I've been a fan of Soleil Ho since last year. I know she's been around on the scene for a long time. She's a chef. She was on another food podcast called Racist Sandwich for a while. And, you know, I always forget her co-host's name. Sorry, everyone, but um, Soleil Fangirl. Anyway, she became, I think, did that just before? I forgot. Anyway, she became the food critic of SF Chronicle like about a year ago, a little more than a year ago. And that was a big deal because it was like, oh, changing the guard, you know, from like old white men's, you know, being the gatekeeper of like what food is considered valuable, what food is considered this to like this younger, queer, Asian-American woman who's not not afraid to like push the envelope so she's really been shaking things up at the chronicle which is cool and so then i just um found out that she's starting a food podcast with another chronicle food writer justin phillips i believe he is a black man from louisiana Anyway, so I'm like, okay, cool, cool. Like two food writers of color um, breaking things down. And I was like, oh, okay. So I can like kind of like pretend uh, basically it's like she's continuing Racist Sandwich. Uh, although Racist Sandwich has other hosts now. I think it was on a break. And uh, I like that it still exists. But to be honest, to me, they're not as engaging. So I'm like happy that Soleil is back in the air. And she has a great radio voice. And she and Justin Phillips have like a, a great rapport. Um, so they have three episodes up. And actually the first guest is Padma Lakshmi about taste nations everything is tied together today oh i thought it was gonna be you mario it's not you <laughs> so anyway obviously it is gonna be more bay area focused most of the time yeah. um but i do recommend it so far okay. extra spicy extra spicy great name <laughs> okay and you for yourself john would... um i have been watching a lot of shows and tv things but i think my recommendation today is music um, which is rare because it's been a while since i've i've been listening to much music and i haven't heard of this artist all their stuff but um, it's Christine and the Queens. Oh, and, yeah. They've gotten quite big. Yeah. Yes. And apparently very famous. I just didn't know. 
uh, <laughs> what I'm in now. And um, it's just one singer, songwriter, everything. Uh, I think she goes by Chris. And great dancer, great singer. I really enjoy the songs. Oh, great dancer, uh, I got put too. onto her. Oh, great dancer. Yeah, I, I've been watching her Instagram. Just like a really great dancer, too. And she's like a pop, you know. And as you know, I love pop. Um, and it's pretty much up my alley. Um, her song that I first heard about was a quarantine song. It's a little bit slower. But then I started watching her other stuff. And I'm like, this is fantastic. Have you heard Christine and the Queens before? I, a little bit. I feel like I, perhaps it was like on a, you know, a Spotify recommended thing on my Discover list, perhaps. Because I was like, oh, I know I have her stuff on my list, but I don't know her stuff super well. And then I recently just saw that she's one of the headliners for some big online music festival. Is it a Spotify festival? I don't even remember. And that is bringing to like one more point. As I feel like this whole time, I actually haven't been pursuing new music or listening to it that much, as which is strange because we're home all the time. I've been like ramping up my podcast listening a lot and I, I feel like there's just again there's just something in the air where like maybe I just want maybe I just, I just feel more serious and I just want more talk I don't know what it is because music soothes a savage beast right so I'm like why don't I why am I not listening to more music and it, that's shocking for me to hear that you are not pursuing your music's uh you know findings as much because you are usually yeah. the Rick- past couple months I have not been listening to new music what yeah because you're usually the one to recommend things so what's going I'm, on I'm, 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 I don't know I don't know what's going on quarantine's got me down no, I don't know yeah I guess that's the thing <laughs> yeah but I'm always on podcasts here like I, you know I'm rarely in my blast of music anymore um, but I'm going to try to get back on that maybe more driving will we'll make that happen as I drive oh. up and down and spread my virus up and down the coast of California <laughs> That's true. You're going to have a lot of time to spread that virus <laughs> on your multiple plane rides and whatnot. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Get that we should ready. joke about that, right? Of course, of course. Uh, I'm a Chinese person from Mexico. We, it's bad oh, that's yeah. right. It's bad You're out there. You're going to be profiled so badly. Yeah, got to be careful. Got to be careful. Oh, actually, you know, that's true. Like, you might be like yelled at or spit on or. Seriously. I can't wait. I can't wait. Oh, I, we, you're tall. So I feel like I, we shouldn't be laughing, but it's just messed right, up. Right, right. So, like, you're tall. I feel like that will deter some people. Well, I don't think anyone will be deterred by the way I am. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's stay safe out there. Stay woke. Everybody get educated. Stay away from other people. Um, yes. Yes. Agreed. All right. Well, I guess on that note. On that note. Thank <laughs> happy you, note. Thank you, John, very much for potting from Mexico. Let's discuss soon. Yes, we shall. I, I feel like there'll be a lot to talk about next time, whenever that may be. Ooh. Talk to you okay. soon. I'll talk Bye-bye. to you soon. Bye.